Did you change? I put a shirt on. Oh. I mean, I, I know. So did I, guess. I, yeah, you put a shirt on too. Beach life. It's hot. Yeah. I even put lipstick on. Bracelets? No, that was always on. Huh. I just wanted to like live my best Andy hood with my lipstick on. I put some my lips with it. Really you know, like I have lipstick. You could really yeah. put lipstick on. Okay, so interesting tension that we came up with today. It's like Big Brother. Go to the booth and confess. <laughs> Go to the booth and confess. This is our reality. Okay, let's like bring everyone else into the fold here. Paleo, vegan-ish, Indian restaurant. <laughs> Pop up. Mm -hmm. All those words, whatever order. To our rude surprise, mm -hmm. rude is mm -hmm. rude. We have conflicting definitions of paleo. Mm -hmm. um, recognizing that a paleo vegan diet is particularly challenging given that nuts and seeds are the primary source of protein mm -hmm. and that would be okay normally except that nuts and seeds are actually the most expensive things ever here in Costa Rica like literally like a like billion dollars a jar of peanut butter is ten dollars yo a jar of peanut butter is more than ten dollars. The little one I have in the fridge, ten dollars. Oh my god, I spent ten thousand colones for that like regular size peanut butter jar, yeah. and thousand colones is essentially twenty bucks Canadian. Yeah. So we're not millionaires, billionaires, gajillionaires yet. Colonialers and theirs. Colonial and colonial. I just like colonial. Wow, it's like like let's not go there. So now. Well, and then also our Selena pop up for next week features both potatoes and chickpeas, which are anti-paleo. So it's ah! not to say that we can't do what we want to do, it's just to say that if we're, we, we just need to set the right expectation. Because I think we started with one headline and moving down, you can also appreciate why so many people are like perked up when we say paleo vegan. Because they're like, I've never heard that before and I've never heard that before in the Indian context. So I think actually we have, people have not perked up because of both of those words. I think they perked up for one word or the other. The vegan people are like, sick, vegan Indian food, I love Indian food. And vegan people love legumes, I don't know, like that's their like What the fuck staple. else are you getting your proteins? I don't know, that's why I'm not vegan. But like, I personally don't like legumes. I, mm -hmm. I love, no, reframe. I love legumes. Mm -hmm. They just don't love you? Sometimes they just don't love me. Sometimes they're like, hey, colon. I, we will have to erase <laughs> to pass the community standards. <laughs> of Instagram, I think. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so they're not stuck on the paleo-vegan. They're stuck on paleo or, or vegan. vegan. It seems. There's no, very few, the, the intersection of paleo-vegan is not one that I've encountered yet. Yeah, I've never heard of it before. But you understand why, because we're like hitting like little mini bump after mini bump trying to figure out what we can keep inside that intersection. Can I borrow one of your papers? Please don't bore it. Please have at it. Okay, I just need a whole stack because I need to write oh. down. I just give me the whole stick. Let's draw a diagram here. You can continue talking while I draw. Okay, so look, I, I'm like not as sold on the paleo bit. Like I've never actually done the paleo thing. And I think my concept of paleo is like just rolling back the clock to what our ancestors would have eaten pre-agricultural revolution which I think in general, most people feel better when they're not eating so many grains in their diet. 
And so it does, to me, it's like less, less about being so strict about paleo and more about being thoughtful to not include too many um, simple carbs, right? Processed sugars, grains, um, processed flours, that sort of thing. But like inside paleo, you're also not supposed to have like chickpeas and potato. And I actually don't see anything wrong with that because those are whole foods. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm curious about eating in a vegan-ish way, but um, less adamant about the paleo thing. And also I've never experienced it before. And shoot, I think this whole thing is meant to be an experiment. And so you don't know what you don't know. And I'm glad we're just like ambling forward in the ways that we know so that we can actually learn about this stuff for ourselves. I have the opposite. I'm so pouty about it. I'm like, <laughs> I want to do opposite opinion. Okay. I care less about being vegan because I don't receive legume-centered protein sources very well, and I am not interested in grains. And vegan folks are either way about those things. I am interested in lowering my animal protein intake because I think that ethical sourcing of animal protein is really important, sustainability, carbon footprint, like industry like standards are really scary. Like, I mean, if you haven't watched Seaspiracy, very solid doc that's just very unveiling. It's not just, it's not about the it's not about the fish or about the seafood. Mm. It, it is, but it's really more broadly about the human capital that's used and how there's lack, lack of transparency mm. about the human capital that's being used, but also about the degradation of our environmental standards. Mm. Anyways, coming back here, because I think it's a really important movie. If you haven't watched it, or like other people haven't watched it, solid plug. So I'm not just being paleo because it aligns mm. with my body. I'm interested in eating no grains or low grains, mm -hmm. no legume, unless maybe they're sprouted, but even then, and like really being mindful about sugar because there's sugar in fucking everything. Like literally everything. Like when I did the whole 30 protocol, like you essentially have to cook every meal at home. That's whole 30? It's essentially eating whole foods. So mm -hmm. it's like staying in the like outer layer of the grocery store, as they say, eating and also eating foods that are maybe that are not so GMO. There's like known foods that are like extremely GMO, like corn, mm -hmm. um, peas, mm -hmm. peanuts. Those have generally like anti have inflammatory responses for people. So whole 30 is eating fruits, vegetables, seeds, mm -hmm. proteins. Mm -hmm. it, eliminates every form of sugar, including maple syrup and honey. It eliminates alcohol, any sort of preservative, which is basically anything that's in a box something. Mm -hmm. Eliminates grains, dairy, legumes, corn, soy, and peas. That's paleo. It's essentially paleo, except the difference is, it seems like they're, that, that it's essentially paleo. It's paleo. It's except paleo. in paleo, you can um, have like natural sugars like maple syrup, Mm. and honey and then also from our contradicting sources on the mm -hmm. internet we've now experienced that maybe potatoes are also questionable mm -hmm. and in, in during whole 30 you can also quinoa is not not able to eat quinoa but in whole 30 sorry in paleo from what i've understood paleo to be you can have whole 30. Mm -hmm. you can have whole 30 is that what i said you can have quinoa but here's a diet so vegan vegan, paleo, mm -hmm. 
And I think the overlap is, is essentially dairy. To have dairy in either. That's what both of those diets share. What both those diets share in common is these are the exceptions. Like, that is what, yes, that's what you cannot do. Okay. And I know when we were initially talking about this, we talked about how cream and the oils mm -hmm. were tummy ache central. Mm -hmm. Taking out the cream, mm -hmm. clearly, this is a clearly dairy-free entrance. Put the stuff on your fridge? Yes. Okay, so what, where are we trying to go with this? Are we trying to make a decision about like actually what the headline of this pop-up is? Because I think we started it beautifully naive about actually what was gonna be available, what was gonna be viable from a financial perspective, like what was gonna be worth cooking. And I don't think we're like I'm not. None of this is chiseled anywhere, so we can decide whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, but like, hey, we just declared our interests. Yeah, you're but like, think, yo, I, I want to be same vegan. Thing. I think and we said like, the same yo, thing. Yo, I want to be paleo. I think we said the same thing because really? I think what we're really, what I'm trying to avoid is really just like over-processed stuff. Like I'm trying not to eat too many grains in here. I'm trying not to add much sugar, and then I'd like to minimize the amount of animal protein. And so vegan immediately to me goes in that direction, starts in that direction, and then you have to make specific, um, you have to like be more specific about what kind of um, flowers you're gonna try to put in all this sort of stuff. I, I think we're ending up in roughly the same place. There's nothing I adamantly want that you saying you adamantly don't want. But I think this is like the labeling of it, right? We're like having to define what it is even meant by paleo because it wasn't obvious to me. Like potatoes were around during the Paleolithic era. Why is it not included? I, I experienced potatoes to be qualified as part of the paleo diet. Okay. So then again, it depends on what the source is that, that writes yeah. it in. At the end of the day, I don't really care. It's like I find it as paleo and I'm the one that's cooking. Yeah. That just not be it. Totally. I'm with you <laughs> if it's the two of us just trying to name our foods. But I guess what part of my concern is if we're calling it something and people are eating specifically in that diet because they need to keep some certain things out of their mouths and we're putting writing an exclusion that makes sense for ourselves, then are we leading people into a, a food that they can't eat and causing potentially like a dietary concern? Yes. And what's interesting is actually, I don't really want to cook with a lot of potatoes mm. and I don't actually eat white potatoes ever personally. And I do when I want French fries because I love French fries, mm -hmm. but I'm acknowledging that I am going in for a, I don't know what you call it, like a cheat meal. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I'm consciously doing that and acknowledging that that's outside the parameters of what I would normally prefer to eat. I only ever eat sweet potatoes or yams and that's just, that's how I personally eat. Like I never buy white, I bought you white potatoes. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't actually want potatoes. Mm -hmm. But I was like, Marlon likes my potatoes. I've seen them at his house. So maybe we don't need to make it so hard on these like labels. Maybe all we mean is that we're gonna cook healthy and we're gonna make better substitutions based on availability. And there are certain things, and we just need to decide what specifically we're going to exclude, like dairy. Yeah, I think dairy is, we all agree that dairy is off the table. Yeah. And I think, to be honest, it sounds like we both agree that grains are off the table. Yeah. And then now it's legumes, the one that honestly, for example, this meal that we're making on Thursday mm. for the host, that would be a cheat meal for me. Like mm. I would never eat that meal more than once in a week. And mm. I would never, I, I don't know if I'd want to repeat that meal mm. because I'm like, first of all, it's chana masala, just chickpeas. Mm. That's like touch and go for my tummy. And then I'm sure we're going to make it the healthiest way possible. But again, it's mm. still like 
and then it's deep fried potatoes. This is French fried, giant French fried. Well, it doesn't have to be fried. It's not deep fried, but it is boiled mashed potatoes. But it's delicious. It's gonna be so delicious. Like, delicious. I'm like ten out of ten excited. Indulgence food. It's indulgence food, but it's not. It wouldn't qualify this yeah. meal as healthy. Yeah. Even though well, there's healthy ingredients in it, right. it's, it's a com. Because I think the definition of healthy is the collection of food on your plate. The macros. Macros. Mm. Like I told my dad, I was like, dad, mm. I need your plate to be 50% green. Mm. It's like Indian food doesn't support like having a lot of green food on your plate. It goes back to a more complicated and important conversation of what our ancestors ate and what our biology is good for. Mm. But if we're not tailoring this towards our ancestral biology and more mm. broadly speaking to the biology that we're aware of, in our present bodies and in our the people around us and their present bodies mm -hmm. to some degree like what are social trends are well, do you feel like we're cutting out like these little cookie cutters of actually what a full spread would look like because like, so if i'm at my if i'm at like a going household there's no way they would serve us this plate of potato chops and chana masala going food would have a little bit of fish probably some shellfish a bunch of veggies rice coconut curry right there'd be like eight or nine different dishes on the plate and then you piece it together 100%. and there would definitely be at least half veggie though you may not have as many fully veggie dishes once it arrives on your plate you eat it you get there and then of course there's like a bit of fermented food there's a bit of spice maybe a bit of yogurt or lime or something like that and so i think in trying to make this dish hotel viable easy to make on in batches we're not exactly recreating a place that we would eat at home no and i think maybe we're how would i say this i feel like we got we're both so indian food deprived right now mm. i feel like we're just like what's max delicious <laughs> give it to me baby and i'm just like really like we're really there right now like we're just like yeah. man maybe this is this is no incorrect who we're catering towards. Maybe we're not catering towards a vegan supper club anymore. Maybe we're not catering towards this hotel that has like super restrictions. And I, it's like choosing our audience based on the food that we want to create mm -hmm. that makes our bodies feel good. Because mm -hmm. this is for us, we're cooking for us to eat. Mm -hmm. Yep. Basically. Yeah, and I also wonder between our knowledge our two knowledge bases together whether we are going to get the best possible solutions this may be where we call on chefs and like others that have had to cook in this way like our parents and our grandparents and other aunties because i think that there's more food knowledge than just the two of us but we're just trying to do our best with what we know yeah. so it's almost like this is the time to phone a friend and be like okay we've hit an impasse it feels like there's a very narrow field here where we can make some of these things and make them tasty and make them economical to make. But what are the answers? You know, and somebody I think has has, has like come up with the answer. The beauty of it is, in, if we're able to solve paleo, vegan, Indian food, like that feels like it would stand out anywhere we went. Right? That's a concept that actually I think most people would stop at, and it'd be hard to think of a time that you've actually been offered. So what I'm saying is, it's hard, but it'd be worth it. I guess- and maybe we need to get, cut ourselves some slack on this journey to get there. I agree. I totally agree with that. I think I was thinking about it, of like, how much do I care about being vegan? Mm. 
because I noticed the decline. I don't know. I noticed that level of rigidity for my body is not not self-serving. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think we. I'm, I'm on the same page there. I would start from vegan and then flex. Like I, I ate chicken the other night, right? Like it's I less... do the opposite. I start from paleo and then I flex <laughs> and then I, yeah. and I go vegan. So I think like that's maybe what we're saying is like, let's give ourselves a space to to introduce like animal protein when we need to. Yeah. But I think then it's for us to reframe at the top of our brand what it is that people should expect. And I wonder if I'm being a little bit of a brat. So like I wanted to try being Terry. Yeah. Um, which is keto vegetarian, and even in ketotarian, they're like basically pescatarian. They're like, oh, like eat, eat eggs, and then yeah, maybe if you want to eat some like nice fish, cool. There's a book, Ketotarian, and I, I read it, the whole book, and I was like really interested. in again, coming off of the like animal protein train, I was vegetarian for twenty years, mm-hmm. and like. I wonder, right, the level of consciousness of me being vegetarian then and then mm-hmm. me being vegetarian slash vegan now. I'm really trying hard to, like, understand how to serve my body's, like, biology and, like, other people, too. Like, how do people serve their body's biology mm-hmm. and at the same time hold the ethics mm-hmm. and the environmental standards and, like, the things that we want to participate in. I know we're talking specifically about this pop-up right now, but I'm like really indulging in like what my DNA wants, mm-hmm. if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, just tuning into what feels good. Yeah, and and I think you're right. Okay, so maybe maybe I'm being a little bit of a brat. I'm also a little hungry. I mean, maybe I'm being a little brat. We have it, by the way, Indian dish. We got our spices yesterday. I know, but let's, that may be part of how we nourish ourselves and inspire ourselves is like actually start to eat. Okay, so tomorrow we're cooking Indian food. We're taking this conversation to the kitchen. Yeah, like I'm with you. I know we got because our we got living room set up here, but yes, studio. just move the kitchen out here. <laughs> but look, I think one thing I'm sensitive about is just becoming an annoying person that just talks about food and food politics and never actually gets into eating and we're inspiring people into eating because that's the most interesting part. We're walking this journey and figuring out some of the behind the scenes, but actually. In the end, I think victory for me is food so beautiful and delicious that who the fuck cares what's in it? Just eat it. It's so delicious. Oh, and by the way, it's excellent for you. It's ethical. It's making use of local ingredients. It's connecting to this other ancestral tradition. It's tied to these other flavors and spices that are just generally good for you that you're not experiencing versus getting caught up in all the, the syntax of getting there. I know that we have to do the hard work to get there. I, I like it, I like um, it, I like what you But saying. I just hope we don't get stuck here. No, I, and I enjoy having these conversations because I mm-hmm. think they're cathartic and engaging mm-hmm. and distilling, right? Because mm-hmm. then it's, oh, like you're, ca- you're catching yourself in assumptions of what, mm-hmm. oh shit. Look, I think you're like one of these few people that I want to talk about this stuff with. Because if I get into a circle of people and each person tells me about their specific dietary concerns, I'm like unsubscribing. Like I start to like realize I'm holding an empty glass and I start wandering out into the woods. Because there are some people that this is all they think about and therefore this is all they communicate about. And this taking nothing away from people that need to manage their diet very closely. But like there, there are also these other interesting things to talk about and sometimes people forget that's true and they make the primary that's. concern of their diet everyone's concern but like i don't want to be known as marlon as this other guy like does all this other fucking stuff you know that's. more interesting in my view but 
Okay, okay. So let's go back and as you said, let's go to the top line here. This is clearly a dairy-free, gluten-free, healthy endeavor. Mm -hmm. Paleo-friendly, vegan-friendly. Because I think when you say and you put hard lines in that you're vegan or that you're paleo, mm -hmm. it becomes... We've seen vegan hood just explode. <laughs> but I think in this exploration, it, to, to create these boundaries on us mm -hmm. might be like putting too much weight on us. Mm -hmm. And also wondering if we can ask like our online community mm -hmm. or like, I don't know, solid like 80 followers or so. Maybe I'm being generous with the Dozens of people are following us. <laughs> Nearly a hundred. If we could ask them, who are the chefs that they look up to and who are the humans that they know that are crushing it in the paleo, vegan, whatever category kind of there world. There must be ingredients, right? Because like, we're also thinking about ingredients that are available here and available in India and stuff like this, but like there's a whole planet of ingredients. Yo, and so I wonder, like things like tiger nut milk shows up here and it turns out tiger nut is not even a nut. It's a seed, it's like a grass seed, but it makes this one, right? But that shows up here because it's connected to somebody that actually knows what the fuck this even is. I never heard of tiger nut before I got here. So I'm also curious as we ask out wide, it's like, yeah, but what are the obvious substitutions? Because that's one question. But also, what are the other plants that we're not even thinking about that have the characteristics that we want in our dishes that we need to think about and source to create a, a substitution that doesn't feel like you're giving up on flavor, texture, and feeling satisfied, right? And I think one of the things that's jumping out for me is like a lot of these things immediately seems to trim out for protein. And this is one of these things that I think a lot of people, what is a good protein source when mushrooms are tough on the guts, right? Then are you going back to like synthetic protein powders, creating an exception just so you can feel complete? Is that a good, is that a good trade-off? Facts. And I know also sprouting legumes mm. creates a whole other experience. Mm. And I know that world is potent and like mm. full of nutritious value. It just changes the grain and the taste so substantially. So I, I think we need to take that to our test kitchen if we have the space for it. But also like sprouting things in cold or hot temperatures, mm. kind of weird too. I guess we mm. have to keep it in the fridge. Mm. Makes it way more digestible and nutrient-accessible. Mm. I mean, that's part of the answer, is take some of these legumes and, and just do a sprouted substitution. Are all these birds chirping in confirmation to what we're saying right <laughs> yeah, now? Because they're that, going nuts. And he's starting to like thunder over there, so the, they are acknowledging that they need to get like indoors. Okay, so I think we call that, call it a wrap there, like... So just freezing it at um, dairy-free, gluten-free, healthy Indian food. I'm not certain what paleo and vegan-friendly means because some of these things seem like they're binary, like either it's paleo or... So does it make sense to even throw those words in there if we're not gonna honor what they mean? I think it's fair to say because I'm consciously and consistently thinking about how do we make this paleo. Mm -hmm. I don't want to eat legumes in excess. And you're constantly thinking about how do we make this nutritious and vegan. And so I think because we're coming at it and thinking about it, when you say it's friendly, it means that you're, you're creating legitimate substitutions, but not everything will be perfectly aligned. If paleo actually excludes potatoes, mm -hmm. we have potatoes. So friendly means eh, we're going to give ourselves a few exceptions, but fundamentally it follows the list. Yeah.
That's what we sell. It's whole 30 friendly. It's cool. There might be a little bit of preservatives in this dish, but yeah. it's like more or less it's like in alignment. We'll tell you exactly where the concessions are. Or like when I think about Destiny, which is a hotel or restaurant here in Osara, it's like their menu, they say that they're like keto, keto, paleo, keto friendly menu, but that's because their whole menu is not paleo, but aspects of their menu are. Like they're, they have those little, really cute icons next to their dishes and say, this is paleo, this is keto friendly, this is vegan, this is grain free. And they have all these little like asterisks everywhere that like help you make a map of your food journey and choose your own adventure. This is more of a framing more than like a declaration, a commitment. Yeah, maybe by the end of like the month we're gonna be like totally able to eat on like paleo vegan food. Indian food. Mm. Maybe right now it just feels really hard and constraining. Yeah. All right. So our non-negotiables are the dairy, the grain, and then we're gonna make it as healthy as possible. And of course, it's Indian. I think also sugar. Or like, I don't want sugar. Tamarind sauce you've ever had. Maybe we could use some other kind of supplement instead of sugar. Honey is the vegan. They are difficult people! <laughs> or maybe they're not. I'm just kidding. My sister's vegan. Just kidding, all the vegans out there who love you. Love you. I did go to a dinner yesterday and they're like, vegan menu, tapas, desserts, and it was fucking beautiful food. Uh -huh. And I was so sad because most of But I think, so my sister's vegan and I'm gluten free. And our experience is that when you like, overlay those two worlds it's a tricky situation mm. for certain things mm. like bread tricky because mm. eggs a good binder when you don't have flour like mm. grain flour mm -hmm. desserts tricky. Mm -hmm. tricky let's go back to eating whole fruits and whole foods and let's just forage yeah that's the answer Something so complicated. Stop trying to make batters of things and don't bake things. Just like everything is on a cutting board. Half of it is fresh and consumed directly with some dressing. The other half is like into a wok and mixed up with some spices. Then it's like what we're doing is, well not all we're doing, but what we're really doing is taking some of the spice profiles, the dishes we know, and adapting it into those preparations. They don't even look the same but it's got like the homage to chana masala, for example, but it has like, yeah. some of the fruit and vegetable we can find here to make something that, that is satisfying, has those flavors, and honors some of these restrictions around. I think it's gonna be like, like narrowing slowly, We're starting mm. broad mm. with chana masala and mm. like potato tops, yeah. and then honing in on whatever. And this is why we're committing to like making 10 big meals. Because no. it pulls it out of us. It gives us a test bed to actually try something different and get some feedback from people and force ourselves to ask questions and try it out. The most aggressive food experiment as we like low-key cook for 30 people like four or five times a week. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Auntie.